You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen, and the thought put into the world building crops possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 12th. So sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit and always remember to geek out. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for issue 160 of Imagine If. Can you think of anything of important? Holofoil cover. Oh, holofoil. <laughs> are we in the 90s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some disc on the uh, store exclusive version of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Issue 160. Um, I can't really think of anything that's important about 160. Nope, that's just the space in between 150 and 175. You just move there along. You, just, you just keep moving it. You keep chugging it. Um, but it's important for us. This is hey. our this is our Thanksgiving episode. Yes, and Thanksgiving is fun. Why? Because that clearly means comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. As as a comic book collector, you get that you get that Wednesday books, and then Thursday you don't have school, you don't have work. Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky enough to not have work. Um, you, you just you get to sit there and read comic books. Yeah, you, you read your comics, you stop for chow, and then you go hide and you read your comics until you fall asleep. I mean, <laughs> I, I was also one of the people that watched football on, on, on Thanksgiving Day, but, you know, the the stereotypical nerd apparently would be like, oh, no, not football, comic books. <laughs> yeah, it was always a mix. For me, it was always kind of a go to the movies. It was a go to the movies holiday. Or usually I'd bounce around at friends' houses and stuff like that. I mean... I know that's a thing that people go to the movies or they go out and play that family football game or, or something like that. Um, but just like I I felt bad if I went to the movies on Thanksgiving or on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, you know, like just I don't want those people to have to be working. I know that they're going to be working whether I go or not, <laughs> right. but I just felt I just always felt bad for them. I remember one time, though, in college, uh, I couldn't make it back home for Thanksgiving. My brother and myself, we were both uh, up in Phoenix for college. And uh, we, for whatever reason, I think is because of work, because I was working, uh-huh. so I just could not make it to make it home for Thanksgiving. We went to Denny's for Thanksgiving. Nice. It was, no, it was the saddest thing ever. <laughs> it was. It, it's bad. I've been there. Trust me. <laughs> I, I was just being good for the viewers, <laughs> the listeners. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, luckily I've only ever had to do that once. But I mean, I at least got to spend with my brother. That was cool. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's a good time. You know, family, blood, or by choice. Um, that's what is neat. You know, you just take that time and you spend them with them and then you go off into crazy shopping land. So if you do have a job or if you're just starting a job or you're looking at getting a job and when Black Friday comes and you may or may not have to work it, if you ever have to work it, I've served many Black Fridays. Same. Uh, it, it sucks. There is just nothing good about it, but always, 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 always. Be the opener. Never be the closer. <laughs> because it's so bad, you're better off just throwing whatever is left on the shelves onto the floor <laughs> and then just restocking it brand new. We did that one time. I worked at Target. And the old layout before they did their new stores, but we used to have, like I don't know if you remember all the checkout stands, and then the, the three aisles of holiday seasonal. So that was my responsibility because I was a front lanes guy. Yeah, I would just, I'd be like, don't even bother trying to fix it. Just tear it all down and let's just restock it fresh. It'll be faster than trying to move around the stuff. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, just good advice that if you're not a person that has to work on Black Friday and you decide to go out on Black Friday, like you're, you're, you're our listeners. So I'm assuming you're good people. Just, just continue to be good people. You don't need to berate any employee. It's, it's, your your blood pressure is not worth humiliating somebody uh, on Black Friday. Nothing is worth it. Just go out there and be the best darn Clark Kent you can be. There you go. All right. So to talk on our journey to Crisis on Infinite Earths on the television screen, we are going to continue talking about key players in the comic book version of yes. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Two key players that we're going to talk about are Alexander Luther Jr., and Superboy Earth Prime. There you go. I mean, it sounds like characters that you should know, uh, but the whole point of Crisis is that it's different Earths. So yeah. who are these characters? So they're Why like, are they important? It's kind of like your friend, and then you meet their cousin. <laughs> You're similar, yet different. <laughs> <laughs> or or if you you remember watching uh, Seinfeld, I might be dating myself, but if you watch Seinfeld, oh, yes. there's the... Um, uh, was it what's what's his buddy's name? Uh, it's Jerry and Jason oh. Alexander played him. George, George, yeah, George Casanza. George, yeah, George would uh, met the the summer version of him. It was Jerry's friend from summer school or summer camp, and then the that friend would be like was like oh the the winter version of me because it was George was the version his best friend from regular school or whatever I don't know yeah. no but that's I loved, what it is I loved how he would sneak and stuff I mean obviously there was a Superman statue yeah uh, and then they did that one where they they uh, Elaine had to choose between like Bizarro, the, the Bizarro Jerry yeah. <laughs> you know and then I, one of my favorite ones I always remember because I think Jerry gave the guy the, the nickname because Elaine was dating this guy and he never had money and he's like oh so this guy's like he's like he's super- ain't got no Green Lantern right isn't yeah. that his name <laughs> what's the deal with airline peanuts <laughs> yeah uh, but yes, Alexander Luther Jr. and uh, Superboy Earth Prime. Superboy Earth Prime. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about what is on the spinner rack for this comic book day. All right. So odds are your comic book shop will probably be open on Black Friday. So be good to them because they're just coming over their Thanksgiving hangover. But if you want to try to do a preemptive strike before that happens, Wednesday will always be before Thanksgiving. It's just tradition. (laughs) So what's going to be out at this wonderful Wednesday at your local comic shop? Well, from DC Comics, we have Action Comics 1017. This continues on with the Brian Michael Bendis era of Superman comics. Um, This will be part of the year of the villain. So Lex 
Luther will be driving this issue. So this will begin part one of Invisible War. So I guess I should start calling him Apex Lex, as they, as they like to call him there. Um, then there will be a trade paper back out. And this one is a, it's a unique flavor. Um, there is the Aquaman sword of Atlantis trade paperback volume one. So this was when Kurt Busiek was writing the Aquaman books and it was part of the one year later. Okay. So this was the new Aquaman. This is the one with the water hand. No, no, no. So that was still, so they're both Arthur Curry, which was interesting because they both had the name. Now this was the one he was younger and he kind of looked more like a, like a gladiator, I guess. Cause like he's still, he had the traditional green and yellows, but like he would have these like, uh, arm, Gauntlets, I think is the right name for those things or stuff like that. But he'd usually have like the sword and be more mystic and whatnot. Okay. Uh, it's interesting because on the cover, Mara is there and the two are striking quite the pose. Um, Just to prepare you for their son? Well, <laughs> that'd be quite the twist. I, don't, I think the Momoa Aquaman would be very ticked off about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it, it was just a weird era. So this one, you know, it's from Fallout of one year later. Uh, this new Aquaman starts looking for his father. Uh, he's got to have a duel against Atlantean warriors over uh, over his allegiance with the King Shark. So this is pretty wild stuff. So it'll be issues 40 through 49. Uh, he encounters Mara, and then she's got to deal with the fact that Aquaman's missing. And I guess, honestly, I think Aquaman was missing for quite a while because this would take us to the next time we see Arthur Curry, I think would be Blackest Night. So if we're going from one more or one year later to Blackest Night, that was quite the time. Um, Let's see what else do we got. Uh, Batman and Robin by Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason omnibus hard covering. So they're going to be re-releasing that with a brand new print. This is going to be pretty wild because that is uh, like it. It was new 52 stuff, but it really started building the bonds between Batman and Damien. So if you want a good father-son collection, that would definitely be the way to go to it. Uh, Batman, Creature of the Night, Creature of the Night Part 4 of 4 will finally be released. So this is a story, um, now that it's finally done, I would recommend, I, I think I'm, I'm going to push it towards Mitch and you're going to listen. Uh, but <laughs> Kurt Busiek and John Paul Leon have teamed up again. And years ago they had done this and they teamed up and they created... Uh, Superman Earth One. No, it's the one you like with the, the kid named Clark Kent who finds out he's actually Secret Superman. Identity. Secret Identity. So they did Superman Secret Identity, which since we're talking Superboy Prime, is very much an updated version of his origin. Right. So, anyways, they played with that idea. So people loved it. It kind of resurfaced again, and so they've commissioned the two to team up again. And this time they're going to tell the adventures of Bruce Wainwright. So he's not who he thinks he was, but he starts discovering that he's closer to being Batman. So is there going to be something more to him or not? So this will finally conclude, and then the next time we see it will be the trade version of it. So if that's something you're interested, definitely check it out. could be some fun stuff. Uh, Booster Gold will be getting a hardcover collection. This is titled The Big Fall, and this is the great stuff because this is issues 1 through 12 of his original series. So you're getting the first appearance of Booster Gold. Um, there's even been some argument because we believe that the first appearance of the post-Crisis Superman was Man of Steel number 1 by John Byrne. But there's a big argument that actually the first appearance is Booster Gold number 6. So that could be the first appearance of 
of the prime earth. I don't know. It's all oh, kind of interesting. Yeah, wild, wild stuff. But uh, this is Dan Jurgens, a young scrappy kid. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's he's selling off his character and we get to see the adventures of Booster Gold and his sister Goldstar and what was going on in the early days. So I, I for one, I'm digging it. I just wish it wasn't hardcover because that's the one thing I don't like about what collected editions, what they're doing is. Like, they'll make hardcovers, and then they may or may not make a soft cover. Right. And it's like, well, but most of these characters that are going to associate with them, their first appearances and origin stories, are going to be trade. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yep. So, if you want to get the inside scoop, there you go. If you want some beautiful art, DC Comics, The Art of Jim Lee, Volume 1 hardcover will be out. Uh, these are great. I love that Marvel and DC both do these artist edition books. So, it's just amazing panels of work that they've done, amazing covers that they've done, amazing splash pages. So, it's a big collection. Collection, just a great celebration of each and every artist. And so speaking Jim of Lee. Uh, Jim Lee, um, we were going to talk about this later, but since it's already right here, uh, there was a Jim Lee Boss Logic combination art piece that The Rock put up yes. as his announcement for Black Adam release date. So Black Adam movie is coming soon. Oh, yeah. It's like it's oh, so it's a palindrome. It's one. It's twelve twenty two twenty one. Okay, yeah, I love so, those. Uh, I don't think that has any significance in Shazam Black Adam universe. Nope, it just means we got to wait very patiently. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's two years from right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm all for it. Oh, I am. I, I've been like, it's one of those things where like they've, we've known about Black Adam as uh, the rock as Black Adam for so long. Oh, so long. And I'm scared that it was never going to happen just because it's like, I don't know. No offense, Warner Brothers DC, but you guys love to say stuff and not follow through. Well, you know what I think it was, and obviously when The Rock was first announced as Black Adam, that his his star was on the rise. Right. He he has only gotten huger. Yes. So I honestly think it was him oh, you that think kept he pushing it off because he's like, why would I want to get attached to this DC universe when it's not doing well? Like their movies well, aren't good. True. Then Shazam did well. Uh, Wonder Woman did really well. Aquaman did unbelievably well. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, now you're ready for The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> the now rock you guys are ready in. for me. Yeah. No, I'm not even joking. I, no, I you've got a good theory. Is. Yeah, because yeah, no. he's he's the executive producer of, Sh- of Shazam. He is uh, gonna, you know, he's gonna his production company is gonna make um, Black Adam. So it's it's uh, it's his star power that's gonna sell that movie. Oh, totally. I mean, people who have not crossed over. Will probably cross over because it's The Rock. Could you imagine when they? I mean, I know DC right now is talking about how we're not in it to do these crossover movies anymore. <laughs> we're not making connected universes. But if you don't make a movie where Jason Momoa and The Rock have to stand nose to nose and either punch each other or kiss each other, I don't care whichever one. <laughs> you're making a big mistake. Oh, they're gonna miss an opportunity. Honestly, like I, that's what's such. A, Ugh. All right, so it's opening. The can of worms is opening inside <laughs> me. I wish DC would just wake up already. Like, you don't have to force the crossover issue. No. But don't close the door either. Don't close the door. And it's like, because people want to see that stuff. Because, okay, the other side of the announcement or speculation of it, and we were just talking about this. So The Rock says, yeah, Black Adam will be the introduction of the JSA. And it's like, that's going to be cool. Like, I would love to see those characters. Now, we were speculating because this is all speculation. So we were thinking, well, it probably might mean that uh, Egyptian A, 
Sage JSA. So there mm. was an arc in the JSA book where Black Adam was at his origins back when he was the hero. Right. So, I mean, to that, it's He like, was the champion of the wizard Shazam. Yeah, and so, I mean, you could easily play off some stuff there. But it's like, yes, we want to see these characters interact. You know, like, how much did you light up, you know, when you're watching Batman and Robin? And even though that movie was cheesy as hell, but when George Clooney says the line, this is why Superman works alone. <laughs> oh, my God. Superman exists. This or, is great. Take you it know? one step back when you when you watch Batman Forever and, you know, he's got the young, and I put in air quotes, young, Dick Grayson there. And he's like, he's like, fine, take off. The cir- uh, Haley Circus is probably halfway to Metropolis by now. Oh, that's like, right. You, that's you, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, he just mentioned Metropolis. That means that Superman is there. You know, jump forward thirty years to Batman v Superman, we find out Metropolis and Gotham are just across the, the, the body river of from water, each other. Yeah, yeah. body of water separated. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, Zack Snyder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now that just reminds me because we're over in New Arizona, so it's like, oh yeah, the the mighty Colorado separates us from Winter Haven. Yeah, the so mighty those two Colorado. are just just. There's right a there. reason why Yuma exists. It's because we were the thinnest place for you to cross uh, uh, the mighty Colorado. <laughs> yep. Secret origins. <laughs> All right, let's see. Moving along, um, uh, Detective Comics issue 1016 will be out. This will continue the new adventures of Mr. and Mrs. Freeze. So, what will they be doing to Gotham City? Will they be making it freeze, everybody? <laughs> All right, enough of that. Uh, Dollar Comics will be back this week, and we will get Infinite Crisis number one. This is a great way to introduce yourself to one of the best, if not, the best story that DC Comics has ever put out, Infinite Crisis. So do yourself a favor. It's a buck. Pick it up. Pick it up and give it to somebody at the very least. That's what we should be doing. Uh, Flash issue 83 will be out, and this will continue the uh, crazy adventures of Barry Allen. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think this is War- Ro- Rogues. Yeah, it's just Rogue. Oh, sorry. Rogues Reign. So uh, we're going to see what's going on with those guys after they've been dealing with... Um, Oh, gosh. Apex Lex. Uh, John Constantine, Hellblazer, number one will be out. That's right. Hellblazer, Constantine, that whole title's coming together. So he is one of those fantastic characters. So this book will launch. Uh, it'll launch under the banner of Sandman Universe. You have C. Spurrier, Aaron Campbell, and John Paul Leone are all teaming up for this one. So John Constantine is back. He's got the Bullocks. And he's just going to be saying all kinds of crazy stuff while he smokes. <laughs> so it's going to be fantastic things. Justice League Dark 17 will be out. Martian Manhunter number 10 of 12 will be out. Red Hood Outlaw number 40 will be out, continuing the adventures of Jason Todd. Shazam number 8 will finally be out. Uh, this is going to be big because everybody's been enjoying this series. It's been doing fantastic. So we will be seeing... Um, the you know Billy Batson and his adventures as he starts checking out this time he will be going into the dark lands uh, which is all part of the oh god you said it earlier um, the magic lands I, I, oh the seven a, realms the seven realms there yeah. we go so yeah so we're going to be going into the dark lands what will that be um, this is a big one I highly recommend it I, I I'll probably put my money where my mouth is tales from the dark multiverse infinite crisis number one will be out. I've read this. It is amazing. Like, super kudos, super kudos 
to uh, Aaron Lopestri, the artist, and oh gosh, who was the writer on this one? Um, James Tinian the Fourth. James, dude, you nailed it. He manages to take Countdown to Infinite Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earth, the OMAC project, put them all together, make it very readable, and still solve the uh, the the the. the Ran Thangar War, the the magic one, and the villains united. Oh my God, he sneaks it all in there. Like it, it was just fantastic. And, and it's if, all part of the dark multiverse. Yeah, and but this one was the best one I've read out of all those so far. So all those so far. Uh, how many are we talking? Six. So this will be the fourth one. The so fourth we've one. Had the Lois Lane becomes the Eradicator Superman with the twisting of the Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Evil Batman. Now is it Azrael or is it Bruce Wayne for the uh, the uh, Asbat Nightfall story? Right. And then we saw the Adventures of Sinestro, the Limbo Lantern, as part of the Blackest Night Fallout. And now we see. A young, scrappy, evil Ted Cord, because that's what we needed in this world. And how many are there supposed to be total? Uh, there's going to be one more, which will be the uh, Judas contract from the new Teen Titans. Wow! I don't. How do you do Judas contract even darker? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, this is going to be nuts. I think if it were like what, how, what would you do? I think you give Tara more, so she just says to hell with it, and she kills Deathstroke. No, oh, that's just go. my guess. Um, so four out of the five. Yeah, four of the five. You're happy? Um, so I'll be honest with you. Um, the Superman and Batman ones, I don't know. They just they felt labored. No offense to them. Maybe I'm just not in the right mind space, but I didn't really read them. I flipped through them, and I was kind of like, oh, I'll get back to these, and I still haven't. Um, the Blackest Night one, I read that one. I was hyped for it because that was an event I loved, and it's good. It's good, but I want more. Like, don't tease me with, like, Black Lantern New Gods and go nowhere with it. Don't, like, there's an opportunity. You have Mr. Miracle, and you have the White Lanterns and Black Lanterns. Like, play with those things, you know? So, like, to me, that one needs, like, a six-issue miniseries revamp. Uh, And then this one was just fantastic. Like, they, obviously, I have a bias. I'm a big Ted Cord fan, but... It was just great. Like he covered those two gentlemen teamed up and they covered everything. Like I just love the way Blue Beetle he takes over Checkmate. So like we've seen in the, the, the preview pages where he kills Max Lord. So oh the the satellite is like I can't initiate after Wonder Woman's death because that program hasn't been there. And so the satellites I don't know what to do. And so Ted's just like, dude, you're sentient. Trust me. And, you know, he's like, look up everything on Ted Cord. You'll see what kind of man I am. So those two team up and it's like right off the bat, boom, he goes to Jean Lorning and he, he captures the Eclipso Diamond before she can do anything. So that stops the Spectre from going wild with whatever the magic one was. Uh, the villains united. Oh, that was a cool twist. So because he's doing all this stuff, Alexander Luther and Superboy Prime, who we're going to talk about today, they have to force their hand faster. And so Alexander Luther kills our Lex Luther. And so, like, Blue Beetle winds up recruiting the Secret Six, so he smashes the Villains United. Um, the OMAC project never happened, so he wound up using the OMAC power to upgrade some people, send them off into space to stop the Ranthangar War. And then he just basically goes after the Trinity, and he's like, you guys are fool yourselves. Stop it and start being the heroes. It's nuts. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's beautiful. Holy moly. 10 for 10, fam. 100%. So you start off with one Superman story, then you go to a, a Batman story, then a Green Lantern story, now a DC. Blue Beetle? I mean, it's inter- I guess, yeah, it's probably more the crisis effect of it. Right. And then the last one is going to be a Teen Titans story. Like, 
why those i mean technically why those four characters so here's what i'm thinking and a lot of people have been saying this as well they might be building a league so because like i especially like i feel like these characters will probably be approached by the Batman who laughs and recruited. So the Batman la- the Batman who laughs currently has his secret six, Jim Gordon, Shazam, uh, Supergirl, um, Donna Troy. Oh God, I forget the other two, but anyways, he's got his own team. So why not recruit Blue more? Beetle. You know, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jaime Reyes, Jaime, the yeah. scarab. So, yeah, so there's five. Um, now it's like, all right, what's the challenge to figure out the sixth <laughs> one? Um, if I don't think about it, you'll, you'll the, figure it out. But, <laughs> but you're saying in the dark. Well, so, yeah, so in this dark multiverse tales, so he has a Batman. He gets the Bruce Wayne from that Nightfall story. He has a Superman. He gets the Lois Lane from that story. Uh, he gets Blue Beetle, who's super powered as an OMAC slash Brother I. So he gets that one. And Blue Beetle is a JLI member. Um, he gets Sinestro. That fills in the void of a Green Lantern. Plus, you have the black and white power. And then from Titans, I mean, he could pick somebody up from there. It doesn't really matter. Maybe he gets Cyborg, you know, so that keeps it being a league member. So those five plus the previous six in him, that makes 12. Get one more. Now you have the Malicious 13. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's definitely worthwhile. Um, if you are on the fence about these, they will be doing a hardcover collection, at least a trade collection. I'm not too sure how it'll be presented. So then, here's a predict. Here's a prediction for you. Uh, as I've been saying, with them uh, killing off Alfred in the comic books. Sorry if you haven't read that yet. Uh, and Superman revealing his identity. We're going to be coming up for another crisis where they're going to reboot the world. What if? And I guess that's the other company. Uh, <laughs> Elseworld, no, just just think about it. The instead of in our Crisis on Infinite Earths, where all the Earths came together as one new Earth, uh-huh. now you have uh, the multiverse plus the dark multiverse coming together, and some of those stories <laughs> blend. So you have a version of uh, uh, Lois Lane's story where she remembered at one point being taken over as. Uh, all the eradicators. The eradicator, yeah. That'd be interesting. I honestly, they they have to have a new crisis. Something is just amiss in the DC universe. Things are not as cohesive. Like Rebirth started very strong and tight. Mm-hmm. Um, Doomsday Clock, with it falling off the horse, definitely kind of spiraled things out. And then you had changes. You know, it's like, and hey, course- let's let Tom King do what he's doing. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is going to take over Superman and Legion. Let's let him do their things. So. And Scott Snyder has been taking Justice League to some crazy places. Um, so something is going to happen. Um, I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with the crisis. And I think, if anything, we now have double Infinity Earth. We have the Infinite Earth, and then you have the Dark Multiverse Infinite Earth. So why not? You know, stop at Why stop at 52 when you can just go, go bananas? That's true. You know, so maybe yeah, this crisis separates the... Breaks down the barrier that was separating the two. I don't know. So yeah, I'm. But I'm stoked. I. But then again, I worry because the stuff that's in my head sometimes turns out to be better than what's out there. So I'm like, oh no. Your, your thing that's a miss. No, Justice Society of America. That's the that's the next oh, uh, yeah, crisis. They, they bringing gotta, back the Justice Society. Well, they got to bring back some big stuff. Like Rafa and I were talking, and it's like, you know, how does Blue Beetle? How did Ted Cord come back? Like that's just been unexplained. Um, you know, Harley Quinn. How did she just all of a sudden make this turn from being chaotic evil to like chaotic good? Like, I maybe it's something we missed, but we were thinking about that. We were talking. Oh no, we saw the movie. 
Well, but yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? You know, it's one of those things. But it's like, so how do you get those parts of the, those missing pieces of the DC universe and you do something? Uh, then with DC Comics really trying to push to make a more cohesive history of the DC universe, I mean, they're going to, they're actually taking Wonder Woman out of World War II and they're putting her in World War One mm-hmm. because of the movie. Right. I don't, I mean, I know it sounds trite, but to me, that's that's important, you know, so they're they're changing the history on that. But yeah, no, there will be a crisis. Earths will be fixed. <laughs> That's all you got to say for this one. Uh, let's see. Moving along. Um, Year of the Villain will hit the Terrifics. So we get to see Bizarro in the Terrifics and see what he does as he has been approached by Apex Lex and then he creates his own team. Wait, what? Bizarro? Last last I saw him, he died. He died in, in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, well, that that was a Bizarro. <laughs> Crisis that's, of Bizarro that's lives. Fair. Yeah, it, Bizarro's tough, you know, because it's like, do you play it that he's one character or do you just play it that he's kind of like a crash test? I mean, he just right. appears as you need him. I mean, I which can be. He's, just, he's an imperfect clone. Clone means there could be multiple of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just got to find, we just got to create a way for them to be like, all right, here's how we stick all the memories together yeah. to make it ultra Bizarro. Uh, let's see. All right. Flipping to the other side of the fence over at Marvel Comics, we have Avengers issue 27 coming out. Uh, this will have been ter- taking us back in time as we revisit the world of Avengers 1 million and we get to see what's going on with the Star Brand. So this will begin part one of Star Brand Reborn. So that'll be very, very interesting. Um, if it's okay, I'm going to do a, a self plug here. So I've had a. Um, a recent cool moment. So if you wish to buy one, I will definitely autograph one for you. Um, Avengers will be putting out a trade paperback and this is the Avengers war of the realms trade paperback, Jason Aaron volume four. One of my quotes from one of my reviews will actually be featured on the front cover. So, um, don't buy the trade. I, 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 I the only reason I would pick it up and I, I feel bad cause I don't mean to disrespect, you know, but the stories were kind of, eh, um, it's four <laughs> issues. Um, so, I mean, I jumped on it because I wanted to see more of the Ghost Rider stuff. And that's what I was hoping this trade was going to be all about. But um, it is what it is, you know. So, if you were definitely a fan of the War of the Realms, pick it up because there is some good fallout issues. There's some good moments in there. But overall, it is what it is. But I'm very hyped. I'm excited. So, I think that's fun. Uh, Fallen Angels number two will be out. So, this will continue the adventures of Kawanin, who basically will just be Psylocke. Because Betsy Braddock is now Captain Britain, so the Psylocke name will be there. Um, we will also have Wi-Fi, a.k.a. Young Nate Gray, N- Young Nate Summers, a.k.a. Cable, and then the Adventures of X-23. So these three will be doing their own things on the Island of Mutants. And it's the book nobody knew existed and we didn't ask for it, but here it is. Conan 2099. <laughs> That's right. The man from the past is now the man in the future. So what will be happening to him? I don't know. I'm not reading 2099. Uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design number two will be out. This has been some fun stuff. Um, The X-Men Grand Design was totally fun. I love these books because it's like if somebody's like, hey, I really want to get into this, but I don't want to read, you know, 50 years worth of comics. I don't want to read the wiki. I want something more entertaining. This is it. These are just great panels that highlight all the moments and put them in a special manner. So fantastic stuff there. Uh, Speaking of the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four Negative Zone number one will be released this week. Um, I'm not too sure. Let's see. 
I don't think this crosses over, which is kind of a bummer because it could work out. I don't think this crosses over with the current Annihilation event. But basically, uh, Reed Richards and the family Fantastic will be jumping into the negative zone and they will be facing off with Annihilus, who was the main reason why we had Annihilation in the first place back in the day. Uh, it's a good mix, so hopefully it's a good one shot. Ghost Spider number four will be out. Indivisible Woman number five of five will continue and conclude the adventures of Sue Richards, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marauders number one will be getting a second print cover, and then there is also going to be a. Well, I was going to say, have you been? Have you read Marauders? Um, I I flipped through the first issue. Um, I I I really echo what uh, Rafa brought up to my attention as well. It's good. I mean, it's a good book, but it's one of those things where it's like I feel like I feel like somebody gets on X Men. And Kitty's a good character to focus on because she's young, immature, finding her way in the world. And then when that writer leaves the X-Men books, Kitty is a matured woman. You know, it's like, I found my way. I know my destiny. I've grown. And now that's happening again with Kitty Pride for like the fifth time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, what's going to happen here? Now, it's interesting because for the woman who could phase and go anywhere she wants, she cannot go on to Krakoa. Why is that? So she will lead the ship Marauders and then basically just travel around and get mutants who can't make it to the portals to get to Genosa. I thought I thought there was a thing about her not being a mutant anymore or something like that. I don't. That was a speculation. Like oh. it was out there. Somebody said, "Oh, maybe she's not." So yeah, I I think she's still definitely a mutant. Um, in my opinion, I think you don't want her on Genosha. Why? Because Moira McTaggart. Because if Kitty can go anywhere and everywhere, then she can go to where Moira is hiding. And Moira is not ready to reveal herself yet. So I think that's why she's not allowed on the island. And the island itself is, is making that decision? I think the island is getting suggestion from Moira. Moira? Yeah, because Krakoa could probably care less. But I think that's something where Myra's like, no, this will be the one thing I ask of you to do. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my thought there. Could be right, could be wrong. Uh, let's see what else do we got. Uh, Marvel Visionaries Chris Claremont trade paperback will be out. Uh, Chris Claremont did some amazing stuff with the X Men, so this will be a kind of like a greatest hits of Chris Claremont. So I always love these Visionary books; I think they're great. Punisher twenty ninety nine number one. Punisher is back, so there is a twenty ninety nine event going on across the Marvel universe. Uh, it has recently been revealed that the twenty nine ninety nine the twenty ninety nine future is the official future of the Marvel Universe. So that's why it keeps changing, because all the shenanigans that are happening now. So yes, that that Punisher, uh, the Miguel Spider-Man, all that, that's the official stuff. So but even though it's fluid now. and it can change, it's the official. Like it, It's essentially saying uh, Punisher kills the... Multi, uh, the the DC the Marvel universe, universe. The Marvel universe doesn't ex- isn't the official future. Uh, Wolverine: The End isn't the official future. Uh, Old Man Logan isn't the official future. All the official yeah. one is whatever happens in twenty ninety nine. Yeah, like it's kind of like you remember when DC was it was it felt like Kingdom Come was the official future and that's what everything was building towards. That's what this is going to lean itself towards, which is fine because I mean we can still say that's eighty years from now. Eighty years from now. I don't think I'll be alive. And if I have the ability to be alive, I don't think I want to be. (laughs) It'll probably be pretty painful. So most of us won't be here to see if that pans out. Even the editorial. Well, (laughs) like in DC, well, in the DC universe, the official future is whatever's happening in Legion or Legion of superheroes, because technically that, that would be the future of the timeline that we're reading. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Cause even the Legion gets weird. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had 
Legion of Three Earths not too long ago. That's true. God, that's such a great story. I need to finally read the conclusion of that. Yeah. I, I harp and moan about it, but I need to sit down <laughs> and read it. All right, let's see. Uh, Scream, Curse of Carnage number one will be out. So the Carnage acts, what was it? Absolute Carnage event is over and done with, but that doesn't mean it's got to stop. So Scream will be getting her own one shot. And if I remember correctly, I think Scream is going to be one of the... Uh, she has been cast yes. in... Uh, the Venom, Venom 2, 2 movie. Um, who was it that was cast as her? Uh, keep going. I'll look for it. Yeah. So anyway, so yes. Um, this is going to be a fun one. So those facsimile editions will be out. And this time they are focusing on Uncanny X-Men number 266. Why that issue, you ask? Because that is the first appearance of Gambit. So if you can't afford the actual one... This is a brand new edition at $3.99 that'll be exactly like it was. Venom hits issue 20. X-Force will be out with number two. X-Men number one gets a second printing new cover. X-Men Classic, the Complete Collection Volume 2 will be out this week. I recommend this one. Um, so back in the day, X-Men comics were doing fantastic. So this was like the late eighties, early nineties. So Marvel created a, uh, reprint, reprint collection called X-Men classic. So basically they would take two ver- two issues of uncanny X-Men, put them into a book and sell them. And then they started putting backup stories in them as well. So these two trades, volume one and volume two will collect all those trades. And they'll they, like, what I love about this book is it has a write a one page write up that explains what they changed in the actual classic books. And then these were like Chris Claremont getting ways to like insert continuity that he missed because of the changes of the era. So it's just fun. It's a really like deep dive with a behind the scenes aspect to it as well. So uh, Naomi Harris has been cast as Shriek in the Venom 2 movie. Um, Carnage's girlfriend, so to speak, that also gets uh, symbiote. Symbioted. Uh, <laughs> most, most people will, will know... Uh, Naomi Harris. She's been in a lot of things. Most re- most recently, she was in Black and Blue, where she plays an officer that is running away from other officers as they're trying to kill her because she has uh, some footage about them doing something bad. Yes, but most people remember her as Miss Moneypenny in the new Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Oh, nice, so. nice. So James Bond will be making a guest appearance in Venom. That's right. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first now, but uh, let's see. Uh, and then Yandu issue two of five will be out. So this is where we have Yandu's meeting up with, we have the uh, Mary Poppins version uh, <laughs> teaming up with the classic version. And that is what is on your spinner rack. That is a full spinner rack. Now, yes, we touched on it earlier. We talked about it a little bit. We t- uh, The Rock also in an, during a press junket for Jumanji, the next level, I believe is what it's called. Um, he let it out that the JSA will be in Black Adam. Now, yes. Chris had talked about like this: would there be an ancient Egypt version of the JSA, uh, or are we going to get a straight up World War II fighting for Frank FDR JSA kind of version? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm okay with both. Uh, if we had an ancient Egypt version, you could we could do Hawkman, Hawkwoman, uh, you know, Seth Adam or Black Adam. Um, Set could be your magic user. You could have a Martian Manhunter. You could have an Amazonian. You can. Ooh, I didn't even think about Martian Manhunter being there at the start. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. You could have. Uh, you could even. You could even have someone that's tapping into the speed force at that at that point. Like you just oh call, Max Mercury, Max Mercury. Yeah, oh, that could be interesting. So you could have all kinds of uh, things there. What, what's some of the characters that you would love to see in the World War II version, though? 
So if we did to show the, up in the movies. So I guess the thing is you got to give me a number because there's so much. <laughs> so let's say we do seven. Seven's always okay. a fun number. Um, Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, of course. I, I I love the Golden Age greats. Um, now the original JSA was eight characters. Um, so you know you, you can't have all of them because some of them were just too powerful. So like I think that takes out like the Spectre. Uh, the Spectre, you could always work him differently. I think they did a great job with him. Do you remember when they were doing those showcase animated yes. features? I would say, like, cast the Spectre in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I know everybody's going to be like, what? That's hearsay. And I'm definitely one of those continuity cops, but I just, whatever makes the character sell is what is best for the character. I'm going to regret saying that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I would say Alan and Jay. Uh, I want Ted. I love Wildcat. I love Wildcat. I want so as I'm much Wildcat as we can, so I'm tossing him in there. I think Dr. Fate is great because he's your link to the past, and he could be towards the future as well. Uh, so that gives me, what, four? I mean, you can definitely throw in Wonder Woman. She existed in World War One in this cinematic universe that's so. true but i'm, I'm gonna she will be there but she's not a team member so ha now i get eight okay. <laughs> uh i want black canary i think she would be great and then that way you could have that that legacy going on from mother to daughter so it would be dinah onto no laurel onto dinah yeah if i remember i think that was the mom's name yeah so yeah. do that uh what does that give me five i think i think so five so then um i mean you got throwing my 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 favorite right yeah, which one? Oh, Our Man? Our Man. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. I guess, okay, then so uh, let me toss in Dr. Midnight as well. I love, there I think go. those two are a good team up. So that puts me at, what, six, I think? Mm-hmm. Or no, is that seven? I think it's seven. That's seven, it's, so yeah. So that, that's what I would go But we with. missed out on uh, Sandman. Oh, yeah. Starman. But you know, like with those, I almost feel like, I think Sandman, I almost say you do him separate. Because then that can lead into like the Morpheus, the world of the Sandman and stuff like that. So like you use Wesley Dodds, uh, Dodds. you use him as the link to the DC universe, but he's the link that takes it out to the Sandman universe. So you could build that non-existent team up that DC wants to not do, but they want to do it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, that's what I'd play there. Um, and it's tough because like I want Johnny Thunder. I think he's a great character, especially with the Thunderbolt. And the Thunderbolt could, you know, be another one of those links to the past, present, and future. So that'd be tough. Yeah, like the JSA God, it's because it is, it's a battalion. I mean, you don't just have the Justice Society of America, you have the All Star Squadron, you just have all these heroes. You could sneak Plastic Man in there as well. Good. If they want to golden age him, uh, which I think they should. I think that's a great aspect to him. But yeah, but if I had to cast my core team, that that's who I would toss in there. What about you? Any any of those that you would change or people that you definitely you're like? No, I think you, be there? you might want to throw in. Uh, you could throw in Hawkwoman. You could throw in, Ooh, yeah, that's right. or at least about the Hawks. A, yeah, a version of that. You could throw in Phantom Lady. Um, I think that's yeah, that's your name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom Lady. Um, you could, you could. I would, I would love to see uh, JSA version of the Atom. That you know, the the small oh, guy. That's true. Uh, with the atomic punch, but I think, I think he hit the core ones that I'd, I'd want to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you, you need to spread it around a little bit. Just because one, I would love to see it too. But I also think you need a little bit more diversity in there. You got a lot of old white men. On that team. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what it was. Yeah. It was just a bunch of old, old white guys. Ted Grant could become Teddy Grant and T-D-D-I. So that's a girl. 
Well, but see, but then, well, so if you're going to do that, which is totally fine, but then I say you take the characters of there, so maybe you, you use Yolanda Martinez. Yeah. So that was the second wild right. cat. So you, you have that. Because actually, didn't she appear in one of the shows? I don't know. I don't think so. I could have sworn. Okay. But yeah, so yeah, if you want to do that, um, you know, maybe Our Man. You, oh my God, you're going to hate me for this. What's his secret identity? Of Our Man? Yeah. Uh, Rick Tyler? Tyler. Or is it? Rex Tyler. Well, okay. Rex is the father. Is Rick the, is the son. Rick is so, the I mean, son, yeah. You know, maybe you make them Asian American. Yeah, that could know, be. That so would work for me. You know, that could that could definitely be some there. Hence, maybe that's why there's the the masks. So mm-hmm. that way, you know, because especially during World, World War II, II yeah. you know, you don't want that happening. Um, I mean, there's a lot to play with. So it's it's tough, you know. Um, like I know they did that. They 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 had uh, Doctor Midnight. He became uh, African American for the TV show. Yep. So they played with that. Mm-hmm. I just got to say. That costume, it was all right, but from the head up, what happened? Like, <laughs> he's got this swim thing, and you just leave this exposed forehead. It's like, no, man, just like the unfortunate close thing that. is that <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is the one that has the least amount of production value. Okay, I guess because so, it's just it's kind of like the, their best one of their best shows out of all of them. Like, just because if you like funny at Funny Adventures, uh, but it's probably gets the least amount of respect. Oh man, at this point, oh definitely did there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. There you go. That's some a little bit of news and some uh, some things to look forward to. Can't wait for that movie. Spinner act done. Let's get into talking about our Crisis on Infinite Earths characters. Yes. So Crisis on Infinite Earths. Worlds will live. Worlds will die. But the universe will never be the same again. So let's talk about Alexander Luther Jr. first. He is the Lex Luthor from Earth 3. He's the son of their Lex Luthor. The son of Lex. That's yes. right. Because he is a junior. So it is important to 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 note that we had uh we had uh was what was the movie oh Batman v Superman Batman v Superman gave us uh oh that's right uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Al- uh, Lex Luthor Jr. or Alexander Luthor Jr. for some reason they decided they didn't want to, they didn't want him <laughs> to be just Lex Luthor um the creation of Alexander Luth- this particular Alexander Luther Jr. was was uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths number one, right? Yes, Crisis on Infinite Earths number one, April of eighty five. So we see him, and this is where you'll get a trip. So his father was Lex Luthor, the only hero on a planet full of evil versions of the JLA. So Earth three, um, his wife Lois Lane. That's right. He got Lois Lane. So anyways, those two well, I decide- thought the Lois Lane was Superwoman. Well, okay. So the name Lois Lane is the secret identity, but the Lois Lane, like persona, the person- The actual person. Is, so yeah. Like, I don't know why- So you're saying Diana Prince just is, takes on, takes on the secret identity of Lois Lane? Yeah. Ah. It's weird. See, I never knew that about the Earth 3 crime syndicate. I just thought that Lois Lane had gotten powers some way and then she became an evil superwoman. Well, I mean, it, it could very much be that because they, they have shifting origins. So I'm going to check here real quick because Lois Lane Luther, so her first appearance, let's see, was Secret Society of Supervillains number 14 uh, back in May of 78. Her death was Crisis on Infinite Earths number one. She's created by Jerry Conway. So DC was very loose with its continuity. So it could just be that it's like, well, you know, Lois Lane is going to choose the good guy. So that's why she married Lex Luthor in the Superman-esque 
Earth 3 story. Mm. So maybe that happened and then the editors just didn't talk about, hey, Lois Lane's name is used twice. Why is that? <laughs> quick, So it could be a miss. <laughs> quick clarification, Jerry Conway or Jerry Ordway? Conway, Conway. Okay. Because Jerry Ordway is an artist. Got very, it. very beautiful stuff. Jerry Conway is a writer who kills blonde women and <laughs> makes family men punish people. <laughs> <laughs> If you get my drift. I get what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, so yes, yeah, so uh, Lois and Luther, they see that their planet is dis- is just dying. The, the pariah has appeared. Tom Cavanaugh will be playing, right? Is that the Tom Cavanaugh is going to be playing yeah, the character. So he He's, will- he is the Harrison Wells of, of the CW, DC, Berlanti universe. Uh, so every Earth has a Harrison Wells, a version of that. Uh, they even have a Council of Wells, as we've seen in fr- in, in The Flash. Uh, the current one is Nash Wells. He's more of a uh, multiverse adventurer. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the same one that is Pariah or if that's just going to be another Wells yeah, altogether. Just, hey, you guys all have the – that's him of the multiverse. Yeah. Crisis, infinite crisis of Wells. <laughs> you know what they need to bring in? Who's that? Axis. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. <laughs> Thank you. I would like – so hopefully – okay. So this will uh, – divergent. <laughs> uh so there's going to be what is it the Russell brother Russo brothers Russo brothers are going to be doing that mini series documentary something right. to that effect of it's a documentary of yeah Marvel versus DC but it's Smackdown. I don't think it's about the well Marvel. it's not about the comic book comp- it's about the companies not the stories right uh, it's fantastic though I actually bought that book I, I okay. had a gift card so I was like oh you know what let me buy this thing and I was flipping through it it's some amazing stuff I mean you know literally they would have days where like a DC rep would be hanging outside of Marvel and being like hey. What's going on? We'll pay you. We'll pay you more money. Tell us what's going on. Give us insider information. Come work for us. Uh, a writer and an, and an editor would get mad at each other. So he'd be like, screw you. And then he'd go to the other company. And it's just, it's fantastic. And it's like, I mean, back then, especially back then, there was a lot of like sharedness between the two companies because it was like, like, you know, this writer would be working and there's a loyalty and then something would happen. So he'd go to the other side, you know, like hence Jack Kirby, you know, like it was huge. Like if you ever look at Mr. Miracle number one, the first appearance, you know, Kirby is here is written on that. Like the man's name meant something. Kirby returns. They were putting that all over Marvel yeah. books when he came back. So, you know, it was definitely that effect. And it even carries to today where we have exclusives. I mean, the fact that DC Comics got Brian Michael Bendis to come over is huge because – I'll be honest with you. I never thought I would see Bendis being at DC Comics. Same. That's like seeing Joe Quesada at DC Comics. That's like seeing Jeff Johns at Marvel Comics. Yes, it's happened in, it's the, happened past, in the past, but not, but not now. Not those after those they names are synonymous big, yeah. with those companies. So, yeah, that's crazy. But we did see Stan Lee. Um, just imagine DC that's characters. True. That's very, very But that true. was a one-off, like, hey, it's a gimmick. Yeah, this exactly. Brian Michael Bendis is actually working yeah, at He's DC. the one who's like, oh, your DC rebirth plans? <laughs> I wish I had a mustache to twirl it. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so with that documentary, I hope that really, I hope that gets people to start looking at DC and Marvel. We've had amazing fan trailers out there. We have some great stuff. Uh, part of me wants to make a joke. So if you look at the Infinity War movie poster, 
And then if you look at the DC Crisis on Infinite Earths TV show poster, they almost look similar. It makes me think of that meme like, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just change it a little bit so they can't tell. Like I, Because I, I, I posted both of them side by side, and I was like, oh, man, there's some similarity. And I don't mind because that's, what, that's why we're here. We love doing, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just hope that with the success of that documentary that it gets people to start looking at the two. And that would be great. My God, you know, Axel Asher comes in one day, you know, and – it's like, hey, uh, you know, you see him pop up in Spider-Verse. You see him pop up in the TV shows, and it's like, oh, my God, it's only a matter of time. It'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be amazing. So anyway, so back to it. Uh, so anyways, yes, uh, Alex, uh, or sorry, Lex Luthor, evil, positive. Earth 3 Luthor and Lois have decided, since their universe is dying, the pariah is there, has, who will be played by Tom Cavanaugh. So he signals that it's the end of the world. So those two basically pull the classic Superman moment. They put the baby in the rocket ship, and they send it through the multiverse. Not just through the universe, but through the multiverse. Uh, the rocket winds up crash landing. So the monitor, who will also be in the this TV shows, he sends Har- Harbinger... He sends her to go collect the baby, and she does grab the baby. She brings him to the monitor's satellite, and then the baby grows, but he grows fast. Like one day is almost like a year for him. So he grows, and he also has some multiversal energy in him because crossing through right. at such a young age. Um, originally, basically, his only story was Crisis on Infinite Earths 1 through 12. That's all you ever saw him in. Uh, he was a good guy. You know, he, he definitely did not live up to the Luther name. Uh, he helped the heroes do everything they could to stop the evil anti-monitor. And he was one of the four characters that left the classic DC universe in order to make way for the new Earth DC universe post-crisis. So himself, Superboy Prime, and Golden Age Earth 2, Superman, and Lois Lane. So those four made the jump. But eventually he'll come back, and we'll talk about that probably a little bit after. Can you, uh, well, so what would you think of that, about that, though, after, you know, having to go live in a pocket universe where you can watch the rest of the world, but you're also watching Superman, uh, or a version of one of the most evil men that you knew growing up, you know, well, right. I guess he didn't really grow, he grew up in a... Yeah, thing right but even if he learns of his father it's like this is the guy who fought my father all the time and like, then now he's married to his mother yeah or a version of his mother that's a good call <laughs> you know it, it's one of those things where it's interesting because obviously when they close the door on crisis on infinite earth you know that was just it those characters were just meant to move on uh, I love the fact that Jeff Johns opened the door to them when he did infinite crisis and I love I mean, it makes sense because, yeah, regardless, if you look at this, it's grandma, grandpa, and two young adolescent boys in paradise, just the four of them. That would suck. Yep. You know, and especially then on top of that, you have these little window crystals that are showing you the world. And it's like, nobody knows about us. Nobody knows anything we've done. All the people I loved and cared about are gone. In the case of Alexander Luther, he's like, I never had a life. All I was was a test tube baby that saved the universe. <laughs> this is old and it's annoying. So I totally get their angst. I totally. It makes sense, you know. It makes sense, especially with Superboy Prime, why he goes the way he goes eventually. So I think it was great. Um, yes, I know some people will say, oh, it's hearsay to touch those characters and to change Infinite Crisis. But Infinite Crisis makes Crisis on Infinite Earths that much better, in mm. my opinion. Yeah, same. So, no, I totally. I, it makes sense why they went the way they did. 
Um, being a stronger comic book fan now, I, that's why I'm looking forward to. I'm going to do a reread of Infinite Crisis. So now I'm looking more forward to reading Villains United because when they opened up the door to the idea of a DC crisis with Countdown to Infinite Crisis, we learned that Alexander Luther basically is tired of living in that quote-unquote paradise with Superman Lois and Superboy Prime. So he's visiting our Earth, New Earth, and he's acting like Lex Luthor, which is causing Earth Prime's Lex Luthor, well, Earth 1 Lex Luthor, New Earth, I guess. is New Earth, yeah. Gosh. Let me get a chalkboard. Uh, New Earth likes Luther to go a little bit crazy because the static between them is too much. Uh, so Alexander Luther forms the society. And so he's getting all the villains to start teaming up so they could do some crazy things. And New Earth Luther is forms uh, the, the Secret se- Six. The Secret Six to with face off the as Mockingbird. Yes, he, he doesn't expose himself. That's true. So he comes up as Mockingbird. No, then I'm sorry. I think Mockingbird was Alexander Luther. No, I think you were right the first time. Because oh, that's the reason why Joker kills um, Alexander Luther, because I guess he, you're d- right. he didn't invite him to the Villains United Secret Society. Yeah, okay. Thank, okay, yep, yep, that's right. Okay, I had it flipped. I don't know why. But anyway, so yeah. So he he's the one that's causing the infinite crisis. Um, he gave sentience to the... Brother Eye Satellite, right. which escalated things into a worse situation. Um, and then he kept feeding Superboy Prime promises like, oh, we'll make your world. It'll be better. So you dangle that in front of a loose cannon. Plus, it's going to get crazy. Because Superboy Prime uh, had to sit there and watch Connor Kent. Yep, that someone using the name Superboy. And like, how why does he get everything kind of thing over and over again? So that was... That's also like so. That was the other part. You were the other part of the equation you were talking about. Superboy Prime. Yes. Okay. So if we jump sides now, so we've talked about Superboy Prime quite a bit, uh, especially last week. You know, the idea of a, a, a Earth Prime where all the stories of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are all comic books, and, and it's our Earth, so to speak. It's <laughs> and a young boy whose parents were named Kent decided to name him Clark because okay. it was funny. And uh, it's the thing to do. <laughs> every, every, since from day one, everybody gave him Superman stuff, and he even grew to not care for it. But f- come to find out, he actually has superpowers. Yep. So he is a Kryptonian. Uh, he was launched from the planet Krypton and landed on our Earth. That's right, listeners, just down the street. Uh, he landed on our Earth, and then, as as Mitch was saying, yeah, he he was named Clark Kent. He grew up. Everybody would associate Superman with him. And then, finally, uh, his parents, Jerry Kent and Naomi Kent, so they named him Clark Kent. And eventually, he grew up and discovered, oh, my God, I've got superpowers. So his first appearance is DC Comics Presents number 87 back in November of 1985. Do yourself a favor. If you do read Crisis on Infinite Earths, put this in the collection. Um, It's a shame that DC Comics has not done that. Like Marvel Comics did this like amazing absolute edition of Infinity Gauntlet and DC has done an absolute Christ on Infinite Earths, but they only put the 12 in there. And I'm thinking to myself, there's at least five other books that are essential, and one of them is this, DC Comics. I was going to say, because, I mean, you, Crisis on Infinite Earths number one is April 1985, this first introduction of Alexander Luther Jr., and then November 1985 yeah, is November when we get... Yeah, November 85 is So, we, like, four months, five, eight, six, six months later? Yeah. 
And so Crisis on Infinite Earths was a 12-issue maxi-series? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because basically he appears in that DC Comics Presents. Then the next time we see him is like Crisis number eight or nine or ten, maybe. So, yeah, and he becomes an integral part of it because he's another Superman. So, anyways, he discovers he has powers and his world is destroyed. Like you do. So, yep. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, that just that just destroys the young lad. So he has nothing left to live for. He's ready to face oblivion. And then that's when Golden Age Superman is like, well, why don't you come with us, young lad? And so he joins Alexander Luther Jr. and the Golden Agers, and they go into paradise, which is not paradise. Uh, so during the actual crisis, what... The, the first crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths. What what role did these two characters play? What did Alexander Luther Jr. and Superboy Prime play? So Alexander Luther, he plays the part of becoming the second Monitor because the original Monitor, he dies. And then Harbinger is kind of like, okay, this is what I've been groomed for. It's my turn to steer the ship. Alexander Luther kind of steps in and he provides those insights. He's like, for some reason, I'm attuned to the multiverse so I can tell you what's going on. So he's able to tell them like, oh my God, we're down to five Earths and the anti-monitor is still striking. This is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. So he gives them insight and intel. Superboy Prime, he kind of comes in almost as an accident. You know, it's like, oh, but here's another Superman. So this will be good because then you have Golden Age Superman, Silver Age Superman, and Earth Prime Superman. So you have three of them come together. And it's interesting. Why do our Supermen need to be in threes? Uh Hmm. (laughs) So it's also interesting is that later on, I feel, I don't know about in Infinite or Crisis on Infinite Earths, but I feel like later on in Infinite Crisis and then maybe Blackest Night and all, and you know, further adventures of Superboy Prime, evil Superboy Prime, um, he is more powerful than our version of Superman. Yes. Well, so you got to take it into perspective of this is a young man. So, you know, like, you know, we may look at ourselves and think, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very studly and I can do things. <laughs> 20-year-old kid comes up. Yeah, it might be a little bit scary. You okay. Know? Uh, he's unbridled fury. So this is a Clark Kent who is not Martha and John Bo- is John's boy. He's another boy who would get into fights and stuff like that. So he has no qualms about fighting dirty, so to speak. Uh, and plus, he's massively unhinged. I mean, if you go in and read Infinite Crisis... Be prepared. You're going to see a, a you're going to see what is it they say uh, you watch Superman the movie you'll believe a man can fly. Uh-huh. You read Infinite Crisis you'll believe a man can rip somebody in half. <laughs> uh, he just does it. He decimates the Titans, the Teen Titans. He's just going through and, and mercilessly murdering them all bit by bit. Um so yeah, he does seem more powerful. It definitely helps too that he took the anti-monitor's armor and augmented it so it'll give him more powers. Um, then with him crossing over through the multiverse and things like that, it's kind of enhanced him as well because eventually, I don't know if you remember that, did you ever read Countdown? Yes. And so he became Superman Prime there. Right. Like he was strong enough that he killed a guardian, which is what led to Scar happening. Mm-hmm. And then which led to the Blackest Night, which is interesting. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so he, he definitely is, he's way stronger. And he uh, even then takes on the anti-monitor's mission of destroying Earth at, at one point, or just going through and... Yeah, that's true, because in Countdown, he's like decimated. What, 16? Earth 16, I think? or and One of the Earths is just like gone because yeah. of Superboy Prime. And it's sad, because that was like a happy Earth, Yeah, because that's where the Atom was. He was like, hey, here my wife's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Superboy Prime Punch! <laughs> Which, by the way, yes, it's one of the greatest moments. The Superboy Prime punches. That is why we have Jason Todd. Jason Todd came back to life because Superboy Prime was pissed 
punched a crystal in his pocket universe and it caused to a glitch to in the new, new earth where he, Jason Todd just revived inside of his coffin. <laughs> then we had Judd Whittick come come across and be like, well, we kind of need to have a little origin. bit more story to that. <laughs> so he crawls crawls out of the grave, gets picked up by uh, Talia, taken to Nanda Prabhat, and uh, rejuvenated via the uh, the Lazarus pit, Lazarus pit, and then taught by the monks or whoever that that oh, the League of Shadows. Well, it's or not League just of League, Assassins, not the League of Assassins. It's, an, it's another another group that's that that exists in Nanda Prabhat or something like that. Something to that effect. Yeah. yeah. He becomes the ultimate fighter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, without Superboy Prime, we don't get a uh, we don't get Jason Todd. We don't back. get Jason Todd back. So good thing, bad thing, who knows? But the the the, the, the story idea is just more spectacular. It's funny though when you like when you watch the animated version of uh, Under the Red Hood. Right when they bring they explain you know Superboy Prime punch is not there. <laughs> at oh god, all. <laughs> it's such a comic book gimmick that it could only exist in comics. Everywhere else. I'm, no. I'm betting. I'm betting in the Rebirth universe. There's no Superboy Prime punch to the reason why Jason Todd is back. No, I yeah, I think you're right. Well, because even then, I'm looking at it. So, uh, Superboy Prime's last appearance was Teen Titans Volume Three, Number One Hundred, back in October of 2011. So yeah, he has yet to make a Rebirth thing. You know, that's why for me this works even perfect. Because okay, so Roth and I were talking. So there's the Crisis trilogy, right? Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis. Final Crisis. And then they credit Final Crisis. I love Final Crisis. It's just Grant Morrison on a roller coaster ride. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's, and this may this may be hearsay, I don't think it's crisis worthy. That's like, fair. It's almost like Identity Crisis. Yeah. Christ, Heroes in Crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a great story and it did some stuff, but I don't think it's to that level. Like, to me, Final Crisis reads like a JLA story. Like, it's, you know, it's yes. the heroes overcoming everything, you know? Uh, but so, you would... would- They've recently counted Zero Hour as a crisis event. That's true. Which again, I love Zero Hour, but I don't count it. But it, it re- rebooted the re- the world again. Well, it didn't. It didn't. You know, it's one of those things because there were changes, but they were ever so slight. They were very slight. You know, so it's like okay, but yeah, because then it's like, well, do you count the Flashpoint, even though it's not called a crisis? Yeah. You know, what about the Rebirth? Uh, uh, what do you, yeah, Rebirth, and even then Scott Snyder's Dark Multiverse stuff, the Dark Crisis. So to me, I, I think we need to make the true trilogy so this one will link back to, infin- to, to Crisis Infinite on Crisis Earth. and Crisis on Infinite Earth. So, you know, Crisis on Earth Infinity or whatever, something, some cool, I'll, I'll come up with something. But this is where they have to take down Superboy Prime. So maybe, you know, you play with stuff like, yes, The Watchmen, it's got to be part of continuity. Not necessarily mainstream DC Universe, but part of the infinite worlds yeah so that way it's i think there it'd be and great if you it. had the watchman and the jsa both existing at the same time in in the same place like Ooh. how would you how would you like one was a sanctioned uh government group and the other one was more like this was your black ops government group that would be nuts yeah that would be totally wild you know because yeah like you imagine now Alan Scott was the Superman, and then it's like there's moments where he's sitting there, and you know Jay walks him. He's like, "Hey, what's going on, Alan? You know why? Why, why, why are you wigging out?" And he's like, "I just got to steal myself. Why? Someday, Doctor Manhattan's gonna have to be taken down." <sighs> and you know they kind of look at each other, and then look at the ring, and it's like, "Will it be enough?" Yeah, you know, no, it's not bad. But yeah, so that'd be some fun stuff. So yeah, you know, let's just get the ultimate team up: Superboy Prime and the Batman who laughs. Those two have been monkeying everything up. They're the ones who convinced Doctor Manhattan to splice worlds and do all this weird stuff. And Wally's the hero because we got to fix Wally. We got to fix Wally. So uh, you, go. so you heard it here first. 
Going into the Crisis on Infinite Earths TV series crossover, do you think we'll have versions? I mean, I know you aren't watching the shows like I watch the shows, right? But do you think you'll will have versions of Alexander Alexander Luther Jr. and Superboy Prime? See, uh-huh. the thing is, is that we don't have. Well, I guess we do have a Luther. We do have Alex Luther. John Cryer. Right? It was John Cryer and Small and uh, or in Supergirl, and we have Lena Luther. So we could definitely have a Lena Luther version that's good. Well, maybe that's what Lena Luther is. She is Alexander Luther. That could be it. Like you talk about because she was adopted in the show. Yeah. So you know, where does she come from? She comes from Earth three. She comes from Earth three, and we never knew it. Yeah. And so she's been keeping that. So there's your Alexander Luther. Um, I like that you brought that up earlier. That maybe that's what um, Tom Welling is. Tom. That that would be interesting if you had Tom Welling as your Superboy Prime, so to speak. Like he lives on a world. Where uh, it's not the Smallville world; it's just a world where this this man named Clark Kent lives, and he knows of Superman and stuff like that because it's a TV show, it's a movie, it's it's comic yeah. books. Um, and then they they come to be like, no, no, you have the name that means you are the Superman, and he finds out that he has powers. That, he's like, I don't want this. That would be inc- that would be yeah. solely incredible. Yeah. So I mean, to me, they are pivotal characters. That you know, they're they're two of the survivors of the classic crisis, and they were the catalyst for the second crisis. I totally think they need to be represented somehow. Um, you know, like like right there. So yeah, there is a Luther. So they could easily do that. So maybe they they gender swap it, and you know, yeah, we have a Supergirl Supergirl Prime, and then there's the character who plays that. But I just think it is. I think it's vital. It's important. You know, you have the anti monitor. You have the monitor. They're definitely featured there. Um, so I mean, if you're taking elements, because like I, it's it's funny because when Crisis happened, the first one, Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, why did Barry and Kara get offered offered up at the altar because they were not popular characters, right? And here we are, you know, decades later, and it's like they are popular characters. So Ollie will be the one who's going to be, you know, getting buried, and that's not because um, he's not a popular. It's just that Stephen Mills done. He's like, hey, I'm, I've done enough. Well, know? that's a, that was another thing. It was like, this is eight years in the making for the quote-unquote Arrowverse, yeah. like eight seasons of, of Arrow, and we're getting Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, Even the first season of Flash hinted at it. The Flash yeah, disappears. Yeah, 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 exactly. So thinking about that, looking five, six years into the future ne- from here, who knows if we'll have all these shows on, if we'll have any versions of these shows on anymore. Yeah. Do you do Infinite Crisis? Oh, bring I, back the characters from this crossover to that crossover. I think so. I mean, I would I, if you could. Yes, I'm all right? gung ho for that stuff. Yeah. I think that'd be great. You know, where it's like how how cool would it be? Then you know, yeah, five years later you revisit it and it's like here it is. Here's the, the infinite crisis. The and, thing that you, know, you guys did five years ago fucked up some other stuff. Now you got to yeah. deal with it again. Yeah, you know, we'll have a newspaper with Ben Affleck on it. You know, it's like uh, Bruce Wayne divorces Selena Kyle because Robin was jokered on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, speaking of that. Um, uh, Mark Guggenheim, one of the producers for the crossover event, tweeted out that there are cameos that we don't know about yet that have not been revealed that are going to show up in this thing. Yes. Do you think we get a... So to speak, did the Christopher Reeves family estate give permission for him to show up in a version in the show? I hope so. 
I hope so because like I was reading something and and somebody tried to say and I mean it, it does play well to it where it's like Brandon Routh Superman is the continuation of Christopher Reeves yep. which is fine if that DC universe had taken off mm. you know if that one had had taken off that would have been great but I hope no, I want to see Christopher Reeve. I mean, no offense to Brandon Routh. Yeah. You can play that, but I want to see Christopher Reeve. I want to see, you know, a picture. Like, how great would that be if they, you know, they did a picture and it's like, maybe it's the Trinity. So you have Christopher Reeve's Superman, Michael Keaton's Batman, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, or, you know, maybe even Adam West is Batman. You know, actually, I guess that'd probably be the way to do it because all three of those actors have passed on. Yeah, passed on, yeah. You know, so you could do that as kind of like a little tribute to them. But I, I do hope in some fashion... That we do get Christopher Reeve Superman. I wouldn't mind even if they did like a little homage. Maybe they do when he guest appeared on Smallville. That's Kurt Swan. Yeah, Doctor Dr. Swan. Doctor Swan. That'd yeah. be great as well because that even honors the the penciler. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt oh Swan. God, Kurt Swan. Duh. Yeah. The name was spot on. <laughs> you know, so you do something like that. So I mean, I hope so. Like DC, DC TV has done a great job of honoring their past heroes. Because even if you look at that crisis poster, you see John Wesley ship as the flash. Mm-hmm. You see him wearing his, his old eighties or nineties TV show shoot suit. So I think that would be great. So I would love to see Christopher Reeves. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, there's a whole history between, um, Oh gosh, um, Brandon Routh Superman. You can definitely play with Superman Returns leading into uh, Kingdom Come, which I think would be fantastic. But I want Christopher Reeves somehow, some way. So I hope the estate does say yes. <laughs> okay, there you go. That, that's a, a little brief uh, look into those two characters from Crisis on Infinite Earths. Will we see them in the crossover TV event? We don't know yet. I can only hope so. I think that if they're smart, they need to. Uh, next week, we will... We're gonna we're gonna talk about the two characters that Chris just mentioned, the <laughs> two that sacrificed themselves in the original Crisis on Infinite Universe, uh, Barry Allen Flash and Kara Danvers, Zor-El Kent, Kara Zor-El, thank no, you, Kara Zor-El, and then yeah, aka Linda Davers, aka Supergirl. There you go. So uh, tune back in then when we can talk about that. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me and talk to me about some of these characters, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Midgetpedia Gem. Uh, you can also find Chris on Twitter at I am on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. And you can find further of his writings at uh, yeah, check me out. So I try to write every now and then. Uh, you can read some of my articles over on adventuresinpoortaste.com and also at geekelitemedia.com. So please write the stuff. Let me know what you want to know more about, and I'll try to tickle my brain and put something out there for you. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.